Today's episode is powered by HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. As they stand in solidarity with the Black community and everyone fighting for racial and food justice, HelloFresh is proud to support Black voices and to affirm that Black lives matter today and every day. Full Service Radio is proudly supported and hosted by Simplecast, the easiest way for a podcast creator to publish and distribute audio on the internet. For more information, visit simplecast.com. Peace and welcome to the Edible Activist Podcast. I'm your host, Melissa L. Jones, broadcasting live from the lobby of The Line, D.C., On this show, you hear from the voices of dynamic Black people and people of color in the agriculture, food justice, and healing space as they share empowering food narratives and perspectives that stem from the land, all while exemplifying the spirit of activism in their own edible way. Let's get started. Peace and welcome to the Edible Activist Podcast. I'm your host, Melissa L. Jones, broadcasting on Full Service Radio. So for today's show, I have a dynamic guest, Marilyn Griffin. She is an educator at heart and by trade who spent nine years living in New York City with 40 of her best friends, aka her plants. (laughs) Marilyn is now back in her hometown of Detroit, Michigan, where she has started Griffin Gardens. We'll talk about what led her back to Motor City and the vision she has for bringing more beauty, health, and awareness to her Detroit community. Marilyn, welcome to the show. Thank you, Melissa. Thank you for having me. I am so excited, girlfriend. I have been like with all the other folks who I just am a fan of stalking your every move, you know, like you just been doing some wonderful work. And I love how relationships just, you know, organically form via social media, which can be a weird space because, you know, you've been a super supporter of this platform, this podcast, and that's how we know one another. We haven't even met in person, but one day, very soon, when we are kind of close to out of this mess, which will probably never be out of this mess, we will meet. So I'm honored. So thank you. Thank you for sharing your voice today. Thank you for having me. <laughs> so we're going to hop into it, right? So we got a couple things in in common, Marilyn. So, well, you're from Detroit. I'm not from Detroit, but everybody should know, and they should know by now that it's one of my favorite cities. Shout out to the D and all of my homies, activists, growers out there. There's so many of y'all. Shout out to Detroit. So I love Detroit. You're from Detroit. I used to live in Harlem. You used to live in Harlem, so we got that. I know about the tiny the tiny apartments in Ooh. New York City, okay? I probably moved like three or four times in New York, but I was just mesmerized or or just I, I, I laughed when I read your um when I was on your Instagram page like 40 plants. Like she went from 40 plants in her apartment to like to where you are now with your garden, right? So let's start. I want to assume that we're talking like, you know, mini succulents on up to snake plants, but I ain't going to make that assumption, but I'm sure they were your best friends. But anyway, so let's, let's, have you always been into plants? Like, how did that start? That is a really good question. Um, 
I, for the first time I remember having plants, actually, I tried to start gardening. This was in, this was before I moved to New York. So this was like, uh, 2009, 2010, around that time. And, um, my dad, he, he had a small garden in the backyard. I mean, I just remember him growing like, uh, tomatoes. I remember one year he grew eggplants and I remember him having sunflowers, but it wasn't anything big. It wasn't anything I was ever interested in. But, um, when my parents, they moved to another house about maybe like a, a mile or two away. Um, I was living in the house that we grew up in. And so I was like, you know what, let me plant a garden. I don't know why. I don't know where it came from because that was a while ago. Um, but I do remember I was growing zucchini and I don't remember actually growing zucchini. I just remember the little uh, tendrils that sprout out and how they just wrap themselves around anything that was near it. Like that's the memory I have because I was, I was in like awe seeing that like, wow, nature is actually just doing its own job. It's figuring a way to, you know, support itself. And after that, I moved to New York. So I don't even know what became of that little garden because then my sister moved in. I'm, well, nothing, I guess, ever happened because I didn't hear anything about it. But that's my like my first memory of growing something. Wow. I just had this like image in my mind. I, I, I love seeing like, you know, especially like black girls garden and, you know, these like phenomenal black women surrounded by all these plants and succulents. And when I saw that, I was just like, I see Marilyn surrounded by all these plants and just like in, in awe <laughs> in, in her, in her, in her zone, right. In her zone. Well, that's wonderful. You already kind of like had a start to growing something and I'm really just excited to just walk along this journey with you and just learn, you know, how, you know, how you came to the space now where you started Griffin Gardens. And um, I am, I definitely wanted to tap into, you know, you recently moved back to Detroit and um, even when you moved back to Detroit and you can, I don't know if you did uh, um, dove into your ge genealogy prior to Detroit and once you got there, but you said like, listen, Detroit is home and this is where I need to be. And there really, there is no place like home. There really isn't. And I, I know that when you start, because I'm in this space too now, right, where I'm starting, I've been like tap tapping and digging into my roots and I'm like, this is home, you know, even though I, I didn't, you know, wasn't raised in Mississippi, like it's home because I, I just, there's just so many obviously connections and my family lineage, lineage is there. But you said like, I, I needed to be home. And so once you made that decision to like, just, you know, anchor yourself back in Detroit, you know, this garden started, but I want to definitely just explore, you know, a bit of of your um, journey and in diving into your genealogy and just what that has meant to you. And, you know, again, just making that de decision like, no, I need to be here where my roots are. Yeah, I mean, so this en entire experience over the last year or so has been like divine intervention, you know, um, None of the things that happened within the last year or so was planned. I wasn't even thinking about it all. I mean, I think that's a lot of people's stories right now. Things that they're getting into is like because of COVID, they're they're just surprising themselves at all the things that they are doing. But um, I got into my genealogy, I would say, the beginning of 2019. 
So my best friend, um, Jamia Richmond Edwards, um, she actually lives in uh, the the DMV area. Jamia, yes, Jamia, the artist, the bomb artist. Yes, yes. <laughs> Shout out to Jeff Edwards, my homie. Oh gosh, small world, love it, love it, love it. Okay, yeah. proceed. Um, We're also Jackson State alum, Jackson State okay, University oh, alum. Okay, all right. <laughs> um. So yeah, uh, so Jamia, she actually started tracing her genealogy, I believe, the year prior. Um, I think like 2018, I would say. It may have been before then, but I I know it had been like over a year or a full year before I started. And so she started tracing her genealogy. And I mean, she was just so amazed, you know, shocked and excited about all the information that she was learning about. you know, just some things as far as her indigenous roots um, within her family that she was familiar with, but she didn't know the full extent. So once she started seeing all this information, you know, she was sharing it with me every day. And I, I just, at that point, not, not uh, point, that moment in my life, um, I wasn't receptive to it. I mean, I was interested, but I, it wasn't just, it wasn't that time for me. You know, I feel like we all kind of get into things different times um, than different people. I mean, it just really depends on what's happening in our life. But I wasn't ready. But Jamia was not uh, moved. She was not swayed. She continuously, every day, and we laugh about this all the time, um, she was on me. <laughs> like, every day, every week, like, nah, you got you to gotta do this research. You got to find out. I'll find out this and I can help you. And it was, it felt like a full year of her just all the time trying to get me to do this. And I believe it was like the beginning of 2019. And I had um, a week off from work. It was our February break. And I, I don't know what it was that would, it was like a light that went off. And I was like, you know what? why don't you go on Ancestry and just look up some stuff? You know, she, Jamia had already kind of gave me the tools and kind of like the idea of like where to look. So I was like, okay, let me go ahead and look up something. So I put in my mom's name and <laughs> a flight manifest from 1957 uh, going to uh, Japan had my grandmother's name, my great grandmother's name on it. I was like, wait. So my mom was born in Japan. Um, because wow. yeah, I mean, she's not Japanese or anything like that. It was just her step grandfather <laughs> was in the service. So they were stationed there. Gotcha. So they were going to meet him over there. And my grandmother was pregnant with my mom at the time. So she was she was born there, but she was only there until she was like three months old. So when I saw that flight manifest, I, I was like, wait, they have this on record? Like <laughs> I can find information like this online and that, that was it. After that, it was just, I mean, that entire week I was up to like three o'clock, four o'clock in the morning, just looking through documents, census records, birth certificates, all this information that I had no idea actually existed. I, I just felt like growing up, it was always that narrative that like, there's no documents for black folks. Like, you came here from Africa and that's it. That's <laughs> you it. That's it. Like there's no records for you all. None. And so I was like, wait, have they been lying to us <laughs> all this time? Well, <laughs> yes. 
Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, it, I can't even explain the feeling. I mean, I, I just remember calling Jamia like, girl, I'm seeing my pa- my grandparents and great-grandparents and great-grandparents. They was born in 1800. I'm seeing, you know, their marriage certificate. How? That, I just, I was, I was blown away. It, and it was one of those things that I could not stop looking at. I could not stop researching. I didn't want to do anything. I didn't want to sleep. I didn't want to eat. I was just literally on Ancestry.com looking through all of these documents, just seeing history, seeing my history. Um, yeah, it's, 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 that it's, it's is, to describe. <laughs> that is, well, I will have to say, um, you know, shameless plug. I've had Jeff Edwards on my show a few times. Go holla back at some of those episodes, y'all. He is phenomenal. Um, and I remember, I remember Jeff told me, he said to me, to me, to the audience, at all Black people, people, indigenous folks, he said the only history that we, us Black folks, should be mainly concerned about is our our genealogy, our family history. And when I tell you ever since then, I said, I said, Jeff, say less. (laughs) Yeah. Say less. I mean, we have talked about you know, going and even in respects to like growing food and, and agriculture and just, you know, pulling that all together. He's like, Melissa, what did your what did your grandmother eat? What did her grand what did her mom eat? And what like just go and just connecting those dots and you know, we talk about DNA and there's like, you know, eating for your DNA, like all of it ties together and going back to like search those records and, you know, it all, it really, it's, it's part of like this big puzzle. Right. And I remember, and they are not playing any games because they got, they, I know because Jeff has told me on countless, like, no, we got pictures, we got this, we got that. They are on it. They are on it. And so, I mean, you have just set another fire underneath these toes over here because I have started, um, but I'm not as deep as y'all, but I, that just excites me. And, and have you been journaling during that process too? I'm just curious, just, have you just been, you know, journaling and just like what, you know, just, just what, how have you been doc? just other than seeing those records, like, are you documenting in any other capacity as well or in any other way? Yeah, I'm not journaling. I, I have like a million journals that I start the ideas exciting to like, op- like, crack open a brand new journal and start that first page. But I haven't been successful in completing one since I was like younger. Um, but I have been, I have a binder. And so I have it separated um, between like my maternal, my paternal side. And then I have, um, I have all of the census records along with the marriage certificates and the pictures and things like that in the binder. Like that's how I've been documented. So like when I'll go visit, you know, family, I'll take it with them and just the conversations around the things that I've come across are just um, like, just like one example. I mean, it's obviously not something to brag on, but it was, it's something to share because I found something out about my great grandfather that even his children didn't know about. <laughs> mm. and, um, so I was looking, you know, Genesis records and I was looking up my great grandfather and like, um, I'm trying to think what word came up, something that had to do with like, um, it wasn't prison, but it was something like that. I forget the word that came up and I was like, wait for the census, like inmate or something like that for his identification. It said inmate. I was like, wait, 
Wow. I don't know if that's him, right? Because it, it's just you put in the names in um, uh, when you look for the census under ancestry and they will just pull everyone that has that name. You know, his name was Harrison Bundy. There could have been plenty of other Harrison Bundys. Mm-hmm. And so I contacted. Um, so they lived in Columbus, Ohio. That's where my family, when they left Georgia, they um, migrated to my dad's side of the family, they migrated to Columbus, Ohio. And so um, I contacted uh, this museum that holds all these records in, in, in actually Columbus, Ohio, and they actually have pictures of the inmates up until I think it, I think it starts at like the late 1800s or even 1900s. So I was like, wait, what if I can get the picture? I was like, they ain't gonna have no picture of him. You know, that's what I'm thinking. So I put in for it. They mailed it to me. And I saw the picture and I was like, I'm not sure if it's him because I've only seen one other picture of him before. And it's him kind of, you know, his, it's, the lighting is all different. So I, uh, <laughs> I called my great aunt who's in Columbus, Ohio. You know, she's like almost 90. She doesn't have Instagram or she doesn't have a phone like, you know, for me to text her. So I had to send it to a cousin up there to take it to her. And she was she asked me, she said, how do you get my daddy's photo? I was like, wow, oh my God, that's him. <laughs> so, I, yeah. Uh, so, so apparently he had been in and out and they, they didn't call them prison. I forget the reformatories. This is what they had prior to the prison system. Now, when you were a juvenile or I think up until the age of 20, you know, if, like he kept going, he kept being in and out of it because of um, theft. And I don't know the reason behind it um, because he ended up serving in world war one and, get married and having a whole bunch of kids. But prior to that, he was in and out of it, but they would set you up with like a trade so that when you got out, you would be, you would have a, like, you have a, like actual like career or a skill. Um, so it wasn't like he was there all day. They were allowed to kind of, you know, go out and about cause he ended up getting married and all kind of stuff. It was just interesting that no one knew this information. His daughter had no idea that he had been in and out of a reformatory when he was younger. So it's those kind of interesting stories that are really cool to share with family. And um, yeah. this is a whole, this is a whole book, Marilyn. I mean, I'm, I'm sitting here. I'm just, I got my arms crossed, like just feed me more, feed me more. Okay. So, you know, you're back in Detroit and we have Griffin gardens and I have to tell you, so I watched the YouTube video, which I loved, I loved, I loved so much. I cannot wait to come and visit. First of all, can I come? Like, I'm just inviting myself. Can I come? Of course. Anytime. <laughs> it is wonderful. And, you know, you started this garden and... um the initial idea, you just wanted to bring more beauty to Detroit. And, you know, for those who aren't too familiar with the landscape of Detroit, there's, you know, depending on the neighborhood, but there's a lot of blight, you know, in, in, um, burned down homes and, and, you know, corners that can just use a lot of love and attention, um, attention, but Detroit is beautiful. It's just beautiful. It's a beautiful city. And so, um, I just, I think, thank you so much for sharing all of that because I I do feel like, and I know just even my conversations with Jeff and just other people and talking about like genealogy and family lineage, you know, all of that's connected to, you know, our journey and like this growing space, right? And I just, I, I want people to just like see like how and why, because obviously, you know, we, we, 
we are <laughs> of the land, you know, and we have a, a, a longstanding history with the land and that's back, that's in our history, that's in our records, you know, it's, it's, it's there, it's present. So let's talk a bit about Griffin Gardens. And I just, I do also just want to, now that you've been in this space of like di- diving into your family lineage, like how that all like what that all means to you in this space, because you're now continuing a legacy, right? So years down the line, when people are pulling records around Maryland, they're going to see, you know, my mom or my aunt or whomever, you know, had this plot of land in Detroit. You know, she, she fed the community. She started this. And so let's talk a bit about Griffin Gardens, your baby, which is just, again, just looks so beautiful. And I definitely just want to make that connection and just what this has meant to you and and, you know, diving into your lineage and now you're growing, you know, you were stewarding the land like your ancestors did. Yeah. Well, like I said, it was supposed to happen. I hadn't planned on it. You know, like the, I had took a, I had taken a sabbatical from my job. I was like, oh, I'm just, you know, I'm going to leave for a year and I, I'll try to figure things out. Maybe I'll come back. I'm not sure. Um, but the plan was to take a year off from work because it was just no way that I, that I could be able to do the research and travel to see various family members, which I ended up doing after, um, after I had, uh, left New York. Um, I needed, I needed that time. And so I just went out on faith and I was just like, you know what, I'm going to do it. I don't know where that came from. I, I guess I've kind of always been pretty adventurous. Um, just kind of being the one to kind of go away for college and then just go to New York. And um, it was a big deal to quit a job because I worked so hard as a teacher for, at that point it was um, eight years, but it was just something in me that said, if you're going to continue being an educator, how can you continue to tell your kids and encourage them that they should know where they come from. And it's very important. You really don't know, (laughs) you you know, you thought you knew and now you see all this information. You just like, wait, maybe I don't know the full story. So that's how I got home because I said, well, I'll just make my base back in Detroit. I don't have to worry about rent um, for a year. And so I moved in with my sister and my sister lives, she lives in a house that we grew up in, which which is right across from, at that point, it was like four lots that had been homes that had been demolished. And so my dad had purchased the lot in back of the house and he had purchased that lot. And uh, my sister and he, you know, over the summer, they would cut it and just maintain it, but they didn't do, it, do anything with it. And so when I was home in between, you know, going to see family, I would just literally sit and look at the land. Like it's just, you know, flat land is, it's grass trees. It's pretty, but it's just, it's nothing there. And so I was just like, well, what can, what can we do with this? Does anyone have any plans for the land? My dad's like, no, this is y'all. I bought this for you all. This is your legacy, your, your, you know, your inheritance and y'all got to figure out what you want to do with it. So I was like, well, maybe I could build a house on this land. Oh, can I pause? Can I yeah. pause you real quick? Yes. Dad said this is your inheritance. Yeah. I I just your inheritance. Okay. Let's let's keep it moving. Tell dad I said, hey, I saw him in the video. I, oh, okay. man. I love that. This is your inheritance. All right. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, so I was like, okay, maybe I can build a house. You know, I like I've always had this vision of a dream house. Nothing too big, like. I've always envisioned that it's like a very Southern style house with the front porch that wrap around like that. 
I didn't envision anything on the inside except <laughs> this porch that wraps around, or at least it's the front porch that can have the rocking chair or the swing and it has a nice garden in the front. Like that was just my vision. Um, but after consulting uh, a friend of mine, um, he was like, it'll be way too expensive to build a home in the city of Detroit. He said it's way more expensive to build here than like in New York City um, because of the lack of contractors um, that exist. And also it would have been hard to find a bank that would give me a loan just because of where uh, the, you know, the cost of housing is, what, you know, how it is in Detroit now. So it, it kind of discouraged me, but I said, well, that's okay. Let me go to plan B. What else, what else do I want to do? And I was like, a garden. A garden. A garden. <laughs> a garden. And so I already had, I was already following a nice amount of um, w- uh, people, but women in, in general um, that were either uh, growing plants indoors or outdoors. So I already was like connected to seeing different gardens, different styles. Um, but there was, there's, there was one account that I saw at the time and I I think her name is Shavonda. She's an interior designer. She has an interior design page, but she just started another page at that time called the Cottage Bungalow. I think that's the name of it. I'm not sure, but it's something like that. And just her vision of like her garden, it, it really inspired me. So that's when I started doing the research um, for the garden. And then everything kind of just fell into place. Mm-hmm. Once the once that idea was like birth into me, I just hit the ground running, and that actually coincidentally happened when I said I'm going to stay home, and when I decided, that's when COVID hit. Everything in divine <laughs> order. I promise you. I promise you. Okay. Well, we're going to talk. We're going to talk more about Griffin Gardens, but we are going to take a very short break, and we'll be right back. HelloFresh offers convenient delivery right to your doorstep for easy home cooking with the family. With a variety of delicious options made available, you'll feel super duper confident in breaking out of your recipe rut to try new things. And since HelloFresh is committed to making fresh, delicious food available now more than ever, they have taken extra steps to keep its employees and customers safe including no-contact delivery, tamper-proof packaging, and team member wellness checks. Head on over to HelloFresh.com to start planning your next meal. You're listening to Perfect Day, produced by Artists Authentic. For more of Authentic's work, visit allornothingstudios.com. All right, so we're going to hop back in. So, Marilyn, I... um, Again, everything in divine order, and it's, you know with the pandemic and environmental factors, political factors. Um, I, I'm just, I'm excited that, that everything has just been, um, you know, 
again, just been in divine order and things that you haven't even planned, you know, like at all. And so again, I am coming to visit the garden because I want to see. Um, but I do want to go back to, um, I had paused you earlier and I said, you know, your dad said, this is your inheritance. This is what you, this, you do what you want with it. Right. And so you just, you decided to, to start a garden. And so with that in mind, you know, what does that, you know, what does that mean to just going, going back to his words, going back to, you know, you studying your, your, your family, you know, history and, and genealogy and, you know, pulling that all in, like, what does that truly like mean to you? Because when he said that he meant it, you know, he didn't, this isn't just a plot of land, just to like, all right, have fun. When he said, this is your inheritance, like he meant that. And, you know, we are, as black people, we are just natural stewards of the land. And obviously pops knows that, you know, so as you are out in your garden and you are, you know, planting these beautiful sunflowers, which I saw and, you know, just really just bringing beauty to your neighborhood. Like, do you, do those words just continue to resonate with you as you tend to your, tend to your land on a daily basis? Oh yeah. I mean, I, I think as I'm getting older and especially doing the, the genealogy and being back home and being in the garden, I, I, I often think about legacy. And, you know, well, so I don't have any children. And so, you know, it's like, if you have children, it's like, you're looking at your legacy, you are raising your legacy and they're going to, you know, carry on the family and things like that. And so since I don't have any children, you know, I really look at the garden as something that I can leave behind for if I have children in the future, you know, you never know. Um, But I can still leave behind for, for my nieces and nephews and, it's once I had, um, I got a nice little sign to put in front of the garden. And it was like, once I put that in front of the garden, I was like, this is ours. Like, this is it's official. official. <laughs> well, it was official when it was pur- purchased, but you know, I saw that it's beautiful. It's a beautiful sign too. I love it. <laughs> no, it was like, this is my family's garden. And I, I just, it, I mean, it's just every day being there and, you know, once I kind of got started at first, I don't think people like my, my parents or my family, I think they were just like, oh, okay, she wants to build a garden. And But I think as <laughs> the garden started to develop, they started to see like, oh, okay, she's really serious about this. And, you know, she's growing this and growing that. And so the summer, um, everybody kind of started pitching in. My mom would come there um, and help me with different things, getting the weeds out and watering my dad. He will always cut the grass and my sister, she started to come by and help. And so um, it really felt like, like, okay, this is, this is the family, this is the family land. So. um, Awesome. That's awesome. And you know, like land ownership for black folks, you know, that's, that's a whole nother thing. And that, I mean, that's just the other importance to it, you know, that ownership and that we own a, we, we own a piece of land, you know, we own land 
And so um, the other thing that I wanted to point out, I know I keep talking, and, and for those who keep asking, what video is Melissa referencing? So um, Marilyn has this wonderful, wonderful YouTube video that you can find. We'll shout out her social media handle um, in just a bit. And it, it's pretty much like a, a, a welcome um, to her garden. And so... Um, when you started the video, there's this guy who's like speeding by on like his, 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 what, his bike or yeah. whatever. And he's like, yo, like, nice. <laughs> and Marilyn's like, you got to come visit. Like, you got to come in the garden someday. Like, you got to come visit. And I love that, you know. And again, you know, I'm not, I'm not, we, for those who who know the landscape of Detroit, I mean, it's it's like any other city that do you know has its you know food insecurity, you know, um, um, issues and issues of you know all the systems, all the systems, right? And so I I just love it because there's so many folks out in Detroit who are you know getting these plots and getting these corners. And they are planting beauty and, and awareness and all the things that you wanted to bring to your neighborhood. And so um, when I saw that guy and he was just like, yo, this is this is what's up. Like, I, I love that so much. I was like beaming. Um, how would you describe your relationship to the earth? So that's a great question. (laughs) So I remember before I even started, like before I even broke ground, so to speak, uh, I remember consulting Jeff because, you know, Jeff has his own garden. He he knows a lot about gardening and, you know, medicine and things like that. I remember consulting him um, just about how I should start, like as far as um, what I should plant, how I should go about it, um, because I wanted to get the land tested. Um, because I, as far as I know, no one has grown food on that plot of land because that used to be the front lawn. And that house has, you know, I think they, it was built maybe in the 50s. So, you know, maybe prior to the 50s, they were growing on it. But as far as I know, it's been grass. And so um, I wanted to get it tested, but then COVID hit. So everything was shut down. So Jeff, he suggested, he said, plant cover crops. He said, because before you even think to take something from the earth, you have to give to it first. Mm. And that really kind of, um, that kind of really helped me as far as how I moved um, within the gardens and how I look at, I mean, I've always respected nature, but that also just gave me a different perspective. You know, I think we can be so quick to just take, 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 take. And then maybe in between, we'll add some amendments to the soil, but just thinking like, this is a relationship, you know, um, that we should have with mother nature and so just thinking like that's something simple to do is just plant cover crops. And I didn't plant anything in those beds. Those beds for the whole year just had cover crops where it was able to, you know, add nutrients to the soil and help break up um, the soil, so to speak. And whatever else that cover crops do, I'm not, <laughs> I am not uh, a master in it at all. I'm just learning as I go along, but I know they're really good for various reasons. And so, um, I would say being out there, it is just, I'm seeing how connected we all are just to nature. I mean, land and nature, you see, 
the the insects out there. They just having a good time. They just making love with each other, you know. Oh, they making love. They are making love. I mean, it's just it's just nature's happening. Life is happening all the time in the garden, you know. And you just see the relationship between the insects and the plants and the 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 role that I have is just helping it all along and and hoping that when it's time I can take from it, but knowing that I still have to give back to it. Um, so it's a very symbiotic relationship. Things are, we're all sharing, you know, things together. So. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. Cause you, you know, I never, you know, I, I never, that good old Jeff, good old Jeff Edwards. You gotta, I mean, that he is a, he is, he's a teacher. He's an educator. Okay. He's like you, cause He's like, you got to give to it first because it's so easy to get on a plot of land, right? Or just land in, in general. And you just want to start drilling away. You want to find the water. You want to extract. You want to extract, mm-hmm. you know, and she's already bothered enough. You know, it's like, what are we feeding her first? Right. What are we giving her? And so I I mean, it's just to me, it's just another representation of how nature works. Right. And so that is that is beautiful, beautiful. Marilyn, as an educator, do you and you I think you probably you 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 spoke to this just a little bit earlier, but as an educator, do you feel it's like that you also have like this added responsibility to to really to teach kids a, about nature and the the you know how to grow food and you know to really instill the the principle of you know uh, self-sufficiency do you do you feel like you have to like really take that on as an educator and in, in working with youth do you now feel like that's like a responsibility that you need to take on it's in the it's definitely in the back of my mind like how how can I introduce this to my classroom I haven't done it yet um so I teach social studies and so uh this this is my first year actually teaching at a high school I had taught in middle school for eight years and with COVID, <laughs> I've just really been going back and forth to um, like how how I want to teach and what things I, I want to teach. I mean, at my other school, I had a lot of um, autonomy. My principal pretty much let me create my own curriculum. And so my curriculum was based off of the kids that was in the class. So I had Dominican kids. We learned about Dominican history. Um, you know, um, I had, you know, black kids in my class with my black history. I mean, everybody that came in that class, I tried, I tried to incorporate something from their history. So I say that to say that's something that I've been doing with my kids now. So, you know, that, that quote that you mentioned that, that Jeff, um, that he had, um, he had said on your, your podcast before I was listening to that episode. And although I had already, I had already did it before with my kids, it, it, it struck me even harder, um, that like the first couple of months, uh, I had my kids like do their, their family tree. So that was like our first unit was who are you? And before it was just kind of the basic, like, you know, what's your race, your nationality, your ethnicity, how can you tell? Um, and, and we would kind of go from there, but this time we added on. So I'm like, you gotta know your birth story. How did you come to be in this world? Who was in the room with you um, when you were, you know, when you came into this world, right? Who named you? 
why they name you that? Do you have any siblings? Um, just different things so they'll know like how they came um, into this world. And then I had them do a family tree. So they had to interview various family members on um, various things like where they're from, when were they born? And so that that has been a way that I've been incorporating um, my genealogy into it. I have yet to figure out how I'm going to... Um, uh, incorporate the na- the nature aspect only because I, I have yet to do the curriculum that was given to me. Uh, hopefully no one at my school hears this podcast. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, safe space, girls, a safe space, but I can't guarantee nothing. <laughs> right, right, right. Oh, because now the, 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 the curriculum, not, not the curriculum, the, um, I'm having a blank right now. The unit we're on, I'm sorry, the unit we're on now is I'm having them research a particular city and I'm teaching them how to like um, research when before they travel somewhere, how to book a trip, how to how to um, create a budget. So I'm doing like the things that I feel like kids need to know as opposed to teaching about the emperor of India. You know, I mean, I get that that's really important, but like... I'm trying to teach them about the world around them. Like there's more than just your city. Your city is important, sure. But there is an entire world that exists beyond where you live. And I want you all to have an idea about this world. I want you to be able to understand how you can travel to see this world, what it takes. And my kids are already like, man, you know, shoot, I ain't going to be able to eat when I get them to be eating sandwiches. I'm like, yeah, because you got to be on a budget. You have to learn how to budget your money. So that's a long-winded answer uh, to, I have yet to incorporate the nature aspect, but with the garden, I do want to, um, at some point, have kids come to the garden because I, I want to learn how to raise monarch butterflies, and I want kids to be able to experience that too. So I guess stay tuned. <laughs> I love that. I, I, full transparency. I, I love it. I appreciate your truth, and this is wonderful. I... <sighs> There's so much more to like learn from you, Marilyn. I wish I had like another two hours. Just like, I mean, I do, but just not right now. <laughs> Folks will want to listen to us for two hours. Um, but no, this is this is really great. I again, um, I look forward to meeting you in person one day and coming to Griffin Gardens and just you know it, just seeing what you got going on and. Um, I am. What well, I will say before before we wrap up, we do have. I have a couple of of rapid fire questions for you. But what do you look forward to to growing in your garden once you're in that space of you know, um, you know, after giving to the land? Like, what do you look forward to growing? Like food wise, like vegetables and stuff. Do you have like a lineup or anything? Oh yeah, listen, I got the whole list. I don't know if we have time for it all. But <laughs> Girl, give us a few. Give us. Give me good five six. At the top, all the stuff that I grew a lot of stuff last year, but I just grew them in raised beds as opposed to the actual like soil, which is what I plan to do um, this upcoming spring. Um, so, you know, just at the top is, you know, kale, lettuces, tomatoes, peppers, black eyed peas and collars. That's just like the top six I'm looking at on the list. Um, my goal is to be able to sell them within the community because I was just giving them away for free. Last year, you know, people in my neighborhood would come in like, look, I'm about to make some dinner. You got you got some tomatoes. You got this. And I'm like, yeah, go get you some herbs, whatever. Um, But this year I want to sell it at like, you know, a 
like a very discounted amount just so that that money can go back into Griffin Gardens because I'm, you know, just completely financing it myself. And I would like it to be, you know, regenerative where it's like, you know, we sell some, some stuff and it goes right back to the, the garden. So, um, that's just veggies, but I, I have a whole list of like herbs that I want to grow. I have, um, a few friends who are into like holistic medicine who reached out and was like, listen, if you, um, plant some stuff, you know, we definitely like to support you and buy the stuff and we can use it for our products. So that and flowers. I just wanted, I want, when you walk in there, you feel like you're in the hood botanical gardens, you know, Mm. like we should have that, you know, you shouldn't have to go downtown or wherever to see something like that. It can literally be in the neighborhood. And like, that's my goal. That, oh, I love that so much. Oh my goodness. You are so right about that though, Marilyn. I remember like, let's just say like good 10 plus years ago, not even that. Let me not even throw any time frame on. I just, you know, would travel different places and I love botanical gardens and I would, you know, let me go to, you know, the convention center in, in Miami and visit the botanical gardens. Let me go to Brooklyn, you know, botanical gardens. And you're so right. You should be able to step outside of your neighborhood, rock, walk around the corner, whether you want, you know, Adam Clayton, whatever, Harlem, Bronx, wherever, and just see an entire oasis. You know, our community should be afforded not even that opportunity. It just should be it should be there because every other neighborhoods, you know, have have the beauty and the greens and stuff like that. But um, you're so that that was just spot on. Thank you for saying that. No problem. <laughs> Thank you. All right. So, Marilyn, where can folks find you at on social media? So um, on Facebook, you can find Griffin Gardens at Griffin Gardens on uh, Facebook, on social media for, for, to follow Griffin Gardens. It's from my original plant. I used to have like a page just for my house plants and I just transitioned, but I didn't want to change the name. Just too much work. I understand that. (laughs) So it's under my little green space. I know it doesn't go with Griffin Gardens, but that's where I post things about Griffin Gardens at on Instagram. So- And that's okay. It all works together. My little green space. Go check Go check out Marilyn. All right. So before I let you go, I got a few, just a few rapid fire questions for you. Are you ready for me? Because I gave you the heads up about these. You did, but I really didn't look because I feel like if I did, I would have been really nervous. So I'm like, let me just go ahead and just go off the cuff. So I'm ready. <laughs> okay. All right. What is your favorite veggie or fruit? Um, okay. So veggie, um, I would say, so I don't know, would you consider potatoes to be a veggie? Why not? Whatever. I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) Because I love potatoes. Sure. (laughs) Classifications like, well, that's not really a, it's like, okay, I don't know, but potatoes. I love potatoes. I love potatoes, baked, au gratin, sauteed, roasted, fried. Yeah. Okay. No, I'm with you. I'm with you. Okay. So we're going to get into your your flavor profile. Sweet, spicy, sour, salty, savory, or bitter? I would say sweet and salty. Okay. I love love the combination of both together, like in a meal, like a savory meal, but that it has the sweet and the salty together. 
Like a y'all very- love how Marilyn's giving me all this contacts, and I told her rapid fire, and she giving oh, me all this contacts. I'm I'm joking with you, girl. I'm I, no, I love it. I love it. <laughs> Nobody can ever do these straight. Not even myself. <laughs> all right. So, last artist or podcast you listened to? Ooh, okay, I'm not even gonna lie. The last podcast I listened to was yours. Um- hey now. Hey now. <laughs> I love your podcast. That's one thing I didn't get a chance to share. I would be in the garden with my headphones on listening to your podcast. And I mean, it's just amazing. I mean, people who are listening and follow you know how amazing it is. But as a new grower, just to hear all these amazing, you know, people who are in the agricultural space, it was just inspiring every time I listened to it. So definitely that for podcasts. Um, music, too many to name. I, I, li- I literally- said the last artist. So who was the oh, last yeah. artist? Like maybe an hour ago. Oh, so, so this morning. So I always, I'm like a DJ to my students when they're doing independent work. I always play music. So today's music was um, My Life by Mary J. Blige. And then I played the original by Roy Ayers. Oh my goodness. I love you. I love you. And I know Jack is in the background like, hell yeah. Okay. <laughs> I love it. Soundtrack. Yes. MJB, that's my girl. My life, that album. Okay, I digress. All right. <laughs> Last question. Who are you rooting for these days? So this is kind of the playoff of my girl Issa Rae. I'm rooting for everybody black, you know, but who are you rooting for these days? Who's on who we want to see shine? I'm rooting for these kids. Bet. It's yeah, they're 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 going through it. They are going through it. I yeah, it, it's it's tough. It, especially because I teach in the a performing art school where the kids are used to being very active and artistic and having to be stuck doing virtual learning. It's, it's really, it's, it's detrimental to a lot of kids spirits right now. So I'm mm-hmm. that these kids are able to push through and that, you know, we get a chance to get back into schools as soon as possible when it is safe so that they can start thriving again. So I'm rooting for them. Thank you so much for sharing that and sending all sending positive vibes and energy to our to our students and our our kids, our youth, because yeah, it's 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 uh it's it's real out there. So this has been lovely, Marilyn. I appreciate you again. Thank you all for listening. Have an amazing day and peace. Thanks for tuning in. You can catch today's episode on fullserviceradio.org as well as iTunes and Spotify. Be sure to follow Food Talks in Color, that's just the letter N, on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter for all updates. Are you an edible activist? Sure you are. Come join me on the show. Just shoot me a DM on the gram or connect with me at foodtalksincolor.com. And if you're interested in sponsoring this podcast, let's connect. Peace and blessings. And remember, in the words of Baba Tariq Adunu, there is no culture without agriculture.